All right, you ready? Uh, yes. Is that a yes or is that that was uh, not committal? No, I am. I'm good. We're good to go. All right, let's let's roll. (laughs) That's more enthusiastic. The Georgia Virtue presents the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. Welcome to episode 209. This week, we have interesting stories we came up with from national news, taxes, rockets, and what the Georgia legislature did last week. I'm Dave Roberts. With me is my partner in this endeavor, writer, journalist, TV personality, dog mom, and the owner of the Georgia Virtue, Jessica Salaji. Hello. How are you? I'm fine. How are you, Dave? It has been a wild week, man. Cold after being beautiful Hot. the week before. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Last week, Thursday was like 65, and uh, I was in shorts and a t shirt, and then it, the temperature decided to fall off a shelf again for the weekend. Well, yeah, I mean, and it was 85 the previous weekend, so down Yeah, and well, yeah, and beautiful. The weekend before, yeah, absolutely. I hate it. So, I hate the back and forth. Just pick one. Well, you're already griping about having to cut your grass. I am griping about it. I have a lot to do. The last thing I need to do is go sit out on a lawnmower and think about more stuff I want to do. You don't have headphones? You pop that's what I mean. Just- that's, what, that's what happens when I put on, when I have to just go back and forth and make my nice little lines. All I think about is like, what I should write about or how I should write about things or requests I need to file or my mind Man, doesn't you gotta just get like... out of your head. <clears throat> okay. Well, thank you for that advice. Thank you. <laughs> no, that usually happens to me around one o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. My, my eyes spring open all the stuff that I didn't get done. Yep. Like, uh, or people I need to call or I should have called or like, well, thanks. Thanks for a reminder at one o'clock in the morning brain that I need yeah. to call somebody. Make, make me do that right now. The worst. So, speaking of last week, we do have some quick stuff in the national news. We have the Jihad Jezebel. Texas rep Van Taylor won't seek re-election after his girlfriend, ex-ISIS bride Tania Joya, went public. That's a lot to unpack in one headline. <laughs> it really is. I so never this- get stories like that either. <laughs> well, so, this guy obviously was having an affair. His wife is a real estate mogul is is how she was listed. So obviously, you know, they have multiple homes. I know they own a home in Virginia, obviously one in district in Texas. Um, so he meets this, this Tania after she was a radicalized. She's, she, she was a British citizen born, born in London, lived in the, in the Islamic area of London uh, grew up and said, you know, she was, I think they ter- used the term slut-shamed for wearing Western clothes and went to wear a burqa. Uh, has been married a couple times. One of her husband, uh, uh, an American who uh, joined ISIS in 2013, uh, moved to Syria with him. 
And after coming back, I guess was rehabilitated as, as much as you can be and was working to help rehabilitate or uh, de-radicalize other, other, uh, other Muslims when she met the, the representative. And I guess they hit it off and had an affair. And he basically told her, I'm not leaving my wife. Yeah, I, I've got kids. I'm not leaving my wife. And she goes full bunny on the pot, man. Bunny in the pot. <clears throat> Call, calls his wife, tells her, and since she didn't get a reaction out of that, because maybe this is one of those things where don't embarrass me or she wasn't surprised by it or this is what he does, she goes to the press and detonates a bomb on his career. <laughs> I mean... Uh... What, All right, the rule, what, rule of cheating. Yeah, the rule, the rule that I have been told by my friends on this podcast is you never cheat with someone who doesn't have as much to lose as you do. Exactly. Number one <laughs> rule, cheat up. Never cheat in the same zip code. And never cheat with anyone who has less to lose than you do. Men are so awful. <sighs> Men are awful? She knew what she was doing. She knew I he know, was married. But, yeah, but you had the rules. Oh, I mean, I, I developed that over time of watching people do stupid stuff like this. For sure. It's not how, it's, it's, those aren't my rules to live by in my life. <laughs> I know. God, it would kill you. <laughs> oh, no, no doubt. I mean, look, we went shooting for our first date. I mean, there I'm wouldn't be, <clears throat> there would be no um, phone call or news story. The story would be that Dave Roberts tragically passed away in the comfort of his own home. <laughs> like, Oh, yeah. There's, there's not a single person in the county would prosecute her. So, so we have a uh, North Carolina woman snuck through fart on her license plate. Oh, I've, we've talked about license plates before on the show and the free speech element and all that. The fact that she just sneak it through. Yeah. Uh, so it, it got through and she was amazed when the DMV actually mailed her. Her her uh, uh, her license plate. So she puts it on. DMV gets a complaint uh, uh, on this thing. And who honestly who complains about fart? Of all the things that you could put on a license plate, who's driving by and going, "Oh my lord, I better contact the state." <laughs> so it's probably a cop. Is she got more clever turning the word into an acronym? Yes, this is awesome. Yes, someone suggested Friends of Asheville Recreational Trails. And so she built a website that went along with it for hiking, biking, and spending time outdoors. <laughs> I love this woman. Yeah, she's awesome. Uh, I mean, first of all, the fact the state, the state actually worries that much about what's on, what's on your damn license plate. You know, I, I've never wanted a license plate to say something so bad as I'm going to pay extra for it. Yeah. Well, they've banned Satan and Pothead. And it wasn't even Pothead. It was P-Zero-T. H-E-D. Yeah. And ban that. First of all, it's a really dumb license plate. Story I heard years ago is a father bought his daughter a car. 
and he got a, a custom license plate for it. Said Weed because he'd always called her Weed because how fast she grew when she was little, and she got pulled over constantly for it. That's awesome. So as 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 soon as she could, she changed it. But yeah, she. Her father never, I guess, you know, this is a, an old, old story. So father probably didn't think anything about it. Just that he'd always called her his little weed. So that's what he did is put weed on her license plate. Speaking of weed, we have the staffer that goes up and smoke. Uh, staffer for Diane Feinstein uh, quits slash gets fired. He got, he got cross with her. Because she called him by the wrong name after working for her for like five years. He called her by the other black guy's name in the office. They called him by the other black guy's name in the office. I, I guess there's only two, and she called him the wrong one. And he he lost his mind, said she cares more about her, about her dog than black people in a staff meeting. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Keep in mind, my, Feinstein's like 87 years old. The fact that she can't remember names, probably not her least attractive attribute. Yeah. But he starts a video with music and blazes up in her office. And he's just dancing around her office uh, on, I guess, TikTok Mm -hmm. and uh, just smokes a joint, dancing around her office, taking his suit off and stuff. And for, for those who are wondering, yes, Diane Feinstein is still alive as far as we know. But I absolutely, I, that, that story, I mean, look, we, I guarantee you this guy and I don't, don't agree politically, but I'd love to interview this dude. This, that, I mean, that's a way to go out. Go out in a blaze of glory. Literally? Quite literally. Bless his heart. <laughs> You know, Ed, he, he'll Can't probably go... see where he goes next. <laughs> probably a YouTube channel and, and make millions on it. Yeah. So, Jessica, what's going on with them gas prices? They suck. Have you filled up this past week or so? You don't have a 25-gallon tank, and uh, I'm too. about to today. Yeah, yeah. I, you, I you drive a, a big Earth Killer, too. Mm-hmm. Eric calls it the land yacht. Um. But it cost me $96.58 on Tuesday. And I, I mean, I was pretty close to empty. I, I had, um, hadn't intended to let it get that low, but then I had to go somewhere and then I was running late as usual. And so I really was coasting on fumes as I pulled into the city of Guyton and then, you know, they've kind of like ping pong. It's like one of those things where like you go by and, and then you go by an hour later and it's, is up again and um it sucks and it it it's impacting everybody which i think is what annoys me the most about all the narrative about it you know like when because when trump had when prices went up under trump everyone was like this is hurting the poor and the working class the most and look what he's doing and now they're like uh, the president doesn't have any control over gas prices, so just shush. Yeah. And it's not about the control over gas prices. It's about decisions that impact gas prices. Like, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. Right. 
Yeah, they, the idea that the president doesn't have any effect on pr- gas prices, of course he does. When he affects global policy uh, supply. Yeah. When he doesn't approve new leases, doesn't approve new permits. And, and they, you know, the White House is saying, oh, we're approving the leases, we're the permits. Uh, uh, uh. And then yeah. you have oil companies who are like, I'm not going to invest millions, if not billions of dollars into wells, hiring people, infrastructure for when you have an administration that on a whim go, all right, nope, and shut them down. Well, and then um, we apparently as a country are working and talking with Venezuela, which I'm old enough to remember when Joe Biden was our vice president under Obama and Obama declared a national emergency about what the Venezuelan government did to its people and why we were not going to work with them. And we put sanctions on the and they, I mean, they talked about the lack of free press and the um jailing of political protesters and all these egregious things that against things that we value here and now we're like oh to iran well yeah i know it's just a a country trying to develop the bomb and doesn't have the the moral and ethics of vladimir putin and would absolutely use it uh it's it's amazing to me when we have tons of oil reserves just in Texas alone, offshore, uh, we, we have the oil to produce. We have the ability. We have the gas to produce. Uh, hell, where I fish, mostly gas rigs and oil rigs. It's out there. And we could be an exporter to, to Europe. And we could take them off of Russian oil and gas. And we have enough oil and gas to affect global prices. See, when, when they say we cut off Russian oil, but we only, we only import this much of, of, of Russian oil, it doesn't matter. It affects global supply. Global supply is, is where the price per barrel goes. You know, people try to get myopic with it and say, oh, well, the Keystone Pipeline was, was all for export. It affects global supply. Exactly. I mean, everyone, all these people who are like, well, it's not even, it's not even ours. That's not the point. The point is that you're literally infusing product for consumption into the market. But, you know, I think another thing too that is only is kind of like a secondary issue that's being discussed, but it's a primary issue for everybody right now. You know, inflation's always a thing because of the way our system is, but what we're dealing with right now is exacerbating this hit because normally, you know, costs might go up a little bit or things might fluctuate, but gas prices might go up, but other stuff is staying the same. And that's not the case. I mean, people, you you see people talking about when they go to the grocery store and, you know, they're getting half the groceries that they were able to get um, a year ago for the same price. And, um, if they can even get the things that they went for because of the supply stuff. I mean, there's just so much more to it that I think it's like people are, um, they're just fed up with all of it combined. And then, you know, we've had this two years of, we can't do this. You can't go here. You can't go there. And now we can go here and there and no one can afford to drive there. Well, new pickup truck, a decent one's a hundred grand. It is a nice, nice pickup truck. It's hundred grand. I was looking at a, a Escalade last night. Not, obviously, not going to buy, but with a with a diesel conversion on it. 
over a hundred grand. Uh, a boat I, I looked at yesterday, <clears throat> which you know I would have been four years ago, about sixty. And it's a nice boat. Uh, would have been sixty out the door, properly rigged and with a trailer. Now over a hundred grand. And I know these these are all very first world problems, but yeah, uh, go go into the grocery store for two people buying groceries and a couple other items uh, for three nights of dinners, two hundred dollars. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, but it's but it's, but it's, all, it's, it's everything. all tied in. And so the gas, the prices of gas, you know. Are, are hurting even more and the legislature announced last or Kemp announced last week and then the legislature followed suit that they're going to suspend the gas tax at the state level you know we pay a federal tax and we pay a state tax and then some cities and counties have it as well um, but our state collects 150 million dollars a month in motor fuel taxes um but so they're they're trying to hurry and get this done before crossover day, of course, so that Kemp can sign it. And um, the the federal or the um the state tax is almost thirty cents a gallon. So yeah, that's uh, like that, that it's certainly an impa- has an impact. Yeah, it's definitely going to have an impact. But I've already seen people posting on social media about like some stations that heard the news and then went ahead and cranked up their prices in anticipation of you know this happening and then collecting on the difference and all. I mean, just, I don't know. It's, 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 I, it's, I doubt that's the case. Well, I mean, they, they posted be, signs of in, like, it was in Southwest Georgia down in like Cordial. Um, but regardless, like, I mean, nefarious people are going to do nefarious things no matter what they're going to try to screw people in, in a, in a lurch, but we went talking from about, talking, talking about until May 31st. I mean, thanks, but two months? Yeah. Well, and the discussion is already about, you know, because they did all those those massive tax rebates for Georgians where, um, I mean, it's costing the state, what, $1.5 billion or something like that. But um, for us, I think it's a couple hundred dollars um, each. But they're talking about how, you know, they've already approved that which I kind of think is funny because they did that an election thing. Like they're doing all these things. They they haven't done the budget yet. They haven't finished the budget, but they've started it, but they haven't finished it. The one thing they're supposed to do, but they've done all these things for election year, right? And now this crisis is happening. And they're like, oh crap, you know, we're going to be giving up like $400 million by suspending this. And if they have to extend it, which if it's election year, like I feel sure Kemp will because... I just think he will. But, I mean, we're talking about a lot of money, and now they're like, oh, crap. What are we going to do? We gave them that money. Should we take it back? Like, <laughs> just suck. What's funny is May 31st is enough to get through the primary. Right. And Labor Day week or uh, Memorial Day weekend. But you think that when – you think when Stacey Abrams enters the chat that – He's going to put it back in place and let gas prices go up on the. Not if he has an option. No, right. and I haven't read. I haven't read the actual bill. Is is it? Is it? Does it give the governor to, uh, the authorization to to extend it? Haven't seen the bill. Um, yeah, it that's pretty quickly. But um, but also, I mean, you know, 
would would he do it by executive order? Would he claim? Uh, I don't know if he has the authority or not. Or would he call call lawmakers back for a special session? Uh, just for the May, gas tax? Yeah, May 15th, just, just, to, uh, just to extend it to the end of the year, which would get him through November. Mm-hmm. And if, if Kemp wins the primary, you know, he'll certainly extend it. If Purdue wins the primary, depending on how salty he is, he may he not He should totally put it back up. Oh, God, let it burn. Let, it, those, let those signs <laughs> ignite. Illuminate yeah, it, the sky 30 cents higher because that's going to be the least of your problems with Governor Purdue. Well, what happened this year? They're reducing the, the income tax. He's suspending the gas tax, and he's, he's signing off on permitless, permitless carry. This is these are all election issues. The only After thing he's, he paid everybody for everything else, law enforcement, you know. All, all he's teacher. missing now is to go get his pickup truck and round up some illegals, and it'll be all campaign promises uh, uh, fulfilled. Let me tell you something. If the things keep going the way they are, illegals are going to be like, "Yeah, we'll leave. Thanks. Well, we're actually on our way out anyway. We could use." Yeah, no. I mean, God, what are we doing here? Much cheaper in Mexico. Goodbye. Yeah. So, to the moon or not, Spaceport Camden uh, crashed and burned on Tuesday. Oh, Jess, uh, you want to? We've talked about Spaceport Camden before on the show, and I mean, I don't know how much coverage it gets up there, like in Metro Atlanta. Do you guys hear about it ever? Not a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, we hear about it a lot. Even I'm, I'm a good. I don't know. I'm not good with like estimating miles. It takes me like two hours to get to Camden County. I'm two hours away. It's the Florida line. I mean, it's far. I don't think I, I don't know if I'd be able to see a rocket blast off. I don't know. But. Oh, you can. Oh, yeah, you can. Okay. So I'd be able to see a rocket blast off from here. But I, I don't, it's not like the people down there. I mean, there's, this has been dividing the community since I've lived down here in South Georgia. And it's been going on. Amongst them, you know, they've spent so much money um, over the last decade. But um, it's it's the craziest thing. Like, I, they got their FAA license in December. And that was supposed to be the final um, check mark as they per- – because then they were going to purchase the property and, and, and go. And, and the FAA license, it had been delayed several times because federal government. But um, – like it was all systems go and then this judge comes in in an injunction and says um no actually sorry you've got to put this before um the voters for a referendum and so the opponents of the project forced the referendum and got 3500 petition signatures and um that, that's how it got on the ballot. So that happened in December. It was on a special election ballot for this past Tuesday, which was uh, March 8th. And then it all went to hell in a handbasket. And it's the unofficial returns, because as of recording, it hadn't been certified. But the unofficial returns on Tuesday said 72% of the voters opposed buying the 4,000 acres um, for the launch pad and the related facilities. Now, only 17% of the register voters cast ballots, but that's really not, an, I mean, for a special election, for a local election that doesn't have any other stuff on it, that's really not that low of a number. Um, 
but 72% of the people who turned out, which obviously if you can collect 3,500 signatures to spawn the referendum, you're going to have those people show up. Um, And so they voted it down. And then the commissioners want it. The community doesn't. Um, And so they said that it was the bare minority that did this um, because they've already spent, the county taxpayers have spent a little over $10 million. um, And I say the county taxpayers, the commissioners, again, voted to make all the decisions, but it's not their money. Um, And so they put out this statement and said, Camden County is assessing the results of last night's outcome on the future of Spaceport Camden, and they're working to determine the best way to preserve taxpayers' investment because they've already put all this money forward. Um, But the community is like, I mean, I'm surprised there hasn't been like acts of violence down there about this. Like people are so, um, and it's right in their backyard. I mean, it's, most of us don't even want a dollar general on the corner across diagonally across from us, let alone a rocket launch pad in our, you know, proverbial backyard. But welcome to Paulding County. Right. Right. And look, here's the, here's the thing about the special election. Our, this should have been on the ballot in May. I disagree. the The only people, the only people motivated enough to go and go and vote against uh, are people going to vote against it. Okay, but it shouldn't be on a ballot at all. Well, that's that's true. But and if that's what put the commissioners it it shouldn't be. They shouldn't force the the county to pay to to hold an election just for just for a a referendum. I mean, this has been going on for. Over a decade. So you've had at least two election cycles of commissioners. Maybe not. I mean, you, you could have overturned the entire board by that point. So, and we are, our representatives are, our elected officials are representatives of us. We don't live in a direct democracy and vote on all of these issues. We have a representative democracy at the local level. It's supposed to be that way. And referendums are supposed to use be used to gauge support of stuff, not... I mean, that's the problem with our constitutional amendments and everything and why every... Like, the public just... It, it was never supposed to be that way. And um, so the county is challenging that. I mean, they asked the Supreme Court on Wednesday to halt the certification um, because... Georgia's constitution does not allow voters to veto the spaceport project by calling a referendum. Um, but the issue is that they, what they asked, I, I think like they, they went to the, the courts before and the court wouldn't intervene. And then they asked the courts to, you know, halt these election results from being certified and the court won't intervene. I don't know at what point you intervene when this unconstitutional act has occurred. Um, obviously, it's still not the right point. But at some point, the Supreme Court is going to have to do something because if, if I mean, if the citizens, like, prompted this uh, referendum and it went against the, the process that is in place, somewhere someone did something wrong and that should be overturned whether you agree with the space board or not like i mean our constitution is what it is if you want to change our constitution to allow referendums so be it but if it doesn't allow referendums then how can a referendum be the law right so it's a mess and you know 
there it's qual it was qualifying last week and, and some people have signed up to run. Um and, you know, I commend them for doing that. I, I think if if you're if you're this passionate about stuff that you absolutely should. But um one of the opponents said, you know, he's the commissioners are determined to thwart the will of the voters and they're committing political suicide in the process. And um, you know, that that may be true that they're what committing is, what is Political suicide when you're a county commissioner. You, you you go back to your normal job and and enjoy your life. Yeah, I mean it's not we're not we're not talking about uh, a a thirty year senator here. We're we're talking about a county commissioner, and I, and I don't mean to be dismissive of county commissioners, but you're talking about folks that I don't I don't know what Camden make. I, I think ours make like eighteen or twenty thousand dollars a year for all the time they put in. Committing political suicide at the county level, really, if if your conviction and you believe that this spaceport is good for the county, does it really matter if you if you get sent home from 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 being a county commissioner? It's just not that big of a deal. I I, I just don't I I don't think so. I mean, I know our former chairman is doing just fine in, in real estate. He was doing fine before. Uh, most most our county commissioners do just fine outside of the county commission, which is why they can afford to take such little pay to put a lot of time in is this isn't their living. I I, I don't know. I know this is Steve Winkle. I think his name is, uh, is this guy who, who was quoted and the, the whole political suicide thing. It just, look, I, I watched all this rhetoric out here with our airport, uh, with people on both sides. I was fairly agnostic on the whole thing. So I never thought that a, commercial airport was viable out here. But I watched our county tear itself apart and sue each other. And it went on for, I mean, same same idea, more than a decade of suing ourselves. Nobody wins in this. But I don't, I, yeah. you know, I, I don't know what the benefit would be to the county. Uh, you would have to ask the people that live ar- live around uh, the Space Coast to ask, to ask how disruptive it is to have launches. And we're not talking about something launching, you know, three o'clock in the morning. You know, these the the this would be mostly cargo, right? Or satellites. Sat- yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're going to get a launch window at, at 10 o'clock in the morning. And, that, and that's about it. Unless you're right on it. It's not, you know, earth shaking. I mean, I I grew up south of uh, south of Cape Canaveral in Fort Lauderdale. We watched the launches outside all the time. How far is that, Miles? Miles, same thing, a couple hours. Because the issue all along, or for a large part of this, has been Little Cumberland Island, which is, I mean, that's what we talked about before. But, you know, the debris and stuff that falls, and that's like a um, private, like, sacred split place. And just, just there's a, um, I mean... There are environmental impacts that's undeniable. Um, whether they will be as severe as people anticipate, I mean, I I am not qualified to speak on that. I don't know, but um, I understand both sides. I mean, these types of it's like a landfill. It has to go like these types of things have to go somewhere. It's just none of us ever want them. The like the airport, you know, a commercial airport. People they have to you have to have them. Someone's going to get the raw deal somewhere and i i'm not saying that that just is what it is because private property rights are 
sacred, but um, oh yeah, the, it's, the, just, it's the it's the NIMBY thing. Yeah, we all want satellite communication. We all want our our TV to to uh, to get to us. We all want uh, what Elon Musk is putting putting in the air with the with the new uh, satellite internet. We all think this is a good thing and, and advances. It's the people of Camden County. It's a lot of, I say a portion of the people of Camden County say not here. And look, you'd have to, to do a study on it. You have to look around the area of Cape Canaveral and see if there's been any adverse effect on, on the wildlife around there, around the, and around the marsh marshes and, and the waterways. And we're talking, you know, Cape Canaveral was going on in the sixties when it was really dirty to fire rockets. The stuff that we, that we shoot now is more environmentally friendly than, than we did back in the 50s and 60s. Right. You know, even back in the 80s, you know, uh, at least now with SpaceX and stuff, they, they bring their rockets back. They're Blue Origin. They bring their rockets back instead of just, you know, letting them fall into the ocean and trying to recover them later, leaking whatever fuel was left in them. And, you know, that's what the space shuttle did. They're... they're Booster rockets just fell into the ocean. They were recovered later. Now we have the technology to bring that rocket back and and, and land it and use it again. So right. you'd have you'd really have to look at the area around around uh, around Kennedy uh, Space and around Cape Canaveral and and kind of look at that impact to to really get an idea of what it can do. But I this this goes this just goes to. People being upset, it's 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 NIMBY. I don't want the noise. Uh, it'll scare my dog. That kind of stuff. And I don't know. I, I don't know what's best for Camden County. I, I assume that the people down there know what's best for them. Uh, it sure would have been nice to know before they spent ten mil. Mm-hmm. It's just such a divisive. Um, it's such a divisive issue that's been going on for so long. I don't. I don't. I don't know how. I don't know where you go from here. Oh, we're still healing now, even though the airport thing's been settled for a while. Well, you know, we're getting a a, a school out here, a, a, an AMP school, Airframe and Propulsion School, uh, to, to train mechanics, and everybody seems pretty happy about that. But we're still healing. There's still people who are divided along the the whole airport thing, or people that decided they didn't like because because of the airport issue, one way or the other, either pro, anti, or like me, totally agnostic because I'm not near it and I don't think it was ever viable and I never really cared what they did uh, other than spend my money. It, it's really what offends me is spending my money, not not whether or not jets land out there. <clears throat> so, yeah, Camden County is going is gonna, is gonna to have years of healing, with especially when things get very personal, especially on social media between pro and anti and things like mm-hmm. that. But this is a good time to remind you that these are our opinions and not those of anyone not on the show or any respective company for which we may work, own, or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or irregular basis. Also, you can find other episodes and relevant stories over the georgiavirtue.com. Jessica, last week of the Georgia legislature. Hate them. <laughs> As a group. Collectively, I hate them. I just... I'm I'm looking forward. I you kind of mentioned it earlier, but um, I'm looking forward to 
crossover day because it will yes the shenanigans start with vehicle bills and all that garbage but at least it whittles down on the dumbassery of new ideas that we should hurry up and introduce and start a firestorm i, I, I just like I, I like when it's a little bit well the, more st- narrow. the stupid bills go away because there's no yeah, you can't really drop anything no you i'm can. just saying because they can put it in a vehicle, but yeah, you could drop it. You could try slapping a vehicle bill, but but there's no next session for this right. particular legislature. So anything that doesn't get picked up is it's just dead. It's outright pandering. Speaking of, do not say gay. Yeah, have you been following this in your home state? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. It's the. I think it's silly. Look, I don't I don't think they should be, especially with the one in Florida where they're talking about kindergarten through third grade. I don't think they need to be talking about sex at all. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't think you need to be doing C-Spot run. By the way, uh, Spot uh, was born a boy, but really he'd rather be called Molly. You know, yeah. It's, but I, I, it just, yeah, I think the Florida bill was really focused on uh, kindergarten through third grade and with the sexual stuff. This is the common humanity, yeah, common humanity in private education act. Keep mm-hmm. keep in mind private education. So I just want to go ahead and it's Senate Bill six thirteen. Um, I have a huge. I mean, like on its face, like what are you thinking? You don't have anything to do with private schools. That's the entire premise of a private school. Um, what a dangerous precedent to set because they are there are faith based private schools, and I mean it's just it's disgusting. But so for that reason, I'd like to list off the people who are backing it so that we can quote say their names: um, Cardin Summers, Bruce Thompson, who is running for labor commissioner; Randy Robertson, who's the Ding Dong from Columbus that took Josh McCoon's uh, seat. He's the former FOP president. Um, Jeff Mullis, Billy Hickman, my senator. Lee Anderson, Steve Gooch, Burt Jones, John Albers, and Lindsey Tippins. Woohoo! None of mine. I mean, okay, but your your guys were all over the show last week. Okay, like let's not act like you've got freaking <laughs> Ron Paul's over there in Paulding County. Um, this, so they want to give annual written, they want the, um, give give annual written assurances that the school in no way directs, promotes, encourages, or compels students to personally affirm, adopt, or adhere to any of the following tents that any sex, race, ethnicity, color, or national origin is inherently superior or inferior that individuals should be adversely treated on a basis of sex, race, ethnicity, color, or national origin, or that individuals, by virtue of sex, race, ethnicity, color, or national origin, are inherently responsible for actions committed in the past by other members of the same sex, race, ethnicity, color, or national origin, and gives national or gives annual assurances and documents that in the administration of its student parent administration programs the school does not segregate students parents or employees by color race ethnicity or national origin wow 
And they said, and they even put a little chapter in there that said, um, the General Assembly finds that in recent years, a growing number of Georgia's private and non-public schools have embraced curricula and programs based in critical theory. Um, I mean, it goes on. It's it's the the explanation is um, 111 lines long of why the state of Georgia has an interest in ensuring that all private and non-public schools receiving state or federal funding. Maybe ah, there's the key. Them, maybe stop giving them state or, fe- I mean, you don't get to decide. I mean, excuse me, Billy Hickman, Cardin Summers, all you clowns. You don't get to decide what federal funding goes to. Um, so they should take that out. But how about you just don't give state funding to private entities? Well, I think this is going towards vouchers and things like that. Uh, look, if a parent shops schools and decides that, I don't know. Woodward Academy is a place where I want to send my kids. You get them accepted. You write the check. Uh, that's between you, the uh, administration, and the headmaster. That's it. It's private education. That's why you take your kids to private schools to find one that meets your values. If you want to send your kids to a Christian school, obviously it's going to lean towards Christianity. If you're going to send them to uh, a Jewish Academy, obviously they're going to teach the Torah more than they are the Koran. That's why you send your kids to a temple school versus sending them to public school because you want the, the exposure to them, your kids to have the exposure to your values, uh, your history, and, you know the ideals that go along with your beliefs and your religion. That's why you send your kids there. And if liberalism is your church and you want kids to believe there are 37 different genders and you shop out and you find a private school that teaches there are 37 different genders, that's on you to ruin your kid. You know, next thing you know, they'll be dropping a bill to uh, to tell homeschoolers what they can and can't teach. Yeah, because they're going to say, we don't want them showing up at our colleges and, um, you know, technical schools and everything else with this mentality or background in X, Y, and Z, which, you know, standards, this is a whole problem, but standards are one thing, um, but it's supposed to be the basics, you know, and the, the problem truly is that schools really don't teach kids much of anything um i mean most 18 year olds graduating high school would be completely unprepared and unfit to function in society i well i think kids coming out of some of the better academies the mount parents the the uh the other higher end private schools do tend to prepare their kids more for they certainly do, for college they do for college but not the world like well college is preparing for the world it does or doesn't does not i know but that's i mean that's to my point is that they're not learning anything like we have all these standards in place as it is and there's not much to show for it so you know making sure that everybody has the same ideology behind them isn't going to 
advance the standards or protect the integrity of the standards because there's not really anything to them. You know what you learn in college? Don't drink milk after tequila. Uh, how you know how tight to roll a joint? Uh, how to uh, woo a liberal woman by going to a protest with her? That's the stuff you learn in college. You, you don't learn anything unless you're going for engineering, medicine, uh, other technical field where you actually learn how to do something. You're not learning anything in college. It's a four year gut check. Can you turn your your assignments in on time? I don't know, man. I, it, it's, not, it's not the role of the state to tell private institutions what they should and shouldn't teach. But we do have uh, opposition to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the executive director of Georgia Equality. Ah, sounds like somebody I'm not going to send money to. The Georgia Don't Say Gay Bill, which again, this is, this is propagandizing what, what the bill is. Well, yeah, is I mean, government, it's so much bigger than that. But Yeah, is government-sanctioned censorship explicitly targeting LGBTQXYZ students. No, it's not, first of all. Secondly, the don't say gay bill is this is this is what this is what people do. And if you Google don't say gay bill, that you'll find 50 stories on it. If you if you go the if you type in the name the actual bill, you first thing will probably pop up is the bill itself. Because this is what they do is they they latch on to something and don't say gay and they push that out, push that out, push that out is this is being anti-gay. It's not anti-gay. It's anti-private property rights and private education rights. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, the definition of having like sound ideologies and principles is that you defend the people that even you don't agree with. And I understand that the purpose of Georgia equality is to um, advocate for certain groups. And I don't have a problem with that. I mean, that that's their prerogative, but um, it doesn't explicitly target. I mean, it, it, it does include them but it's not it's they make it their statements and their opposition sounds as if a bill was drafted to hurt these types of individuals specifically you know and and somebody you know somebody said um that Students that are in the, those communities often to take like seek safe, a safe haven in a private school, um, but my issue is that it's not like if they were targeting something else, or if the 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 issue was or the bill was to require certain acceptance of LGBTQ student, um, whether it be population or um, ideologies in support or stand like whatever it may be they would support it and the principle here is that the government should not be doing anything with our private schools our private institutions at all period stop i like and and that's what is infuriating is they're not consistent and they don't want to be treated differently unless they're advocating to be treated differently (laughs) 
Now, I want you to mark today down, because this is the one time probably since I've been on the show, I'm not going to hammer Ralston. He said, I don't read Senate bills until they get over here. If it gets over here, I'll take a look at it. It doesn't sound like something that is very high on my agenda. It's the correct response for once. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Speaker Ralston. Thank you. No, I'm not going to say that. I'm no, no, it's that, that <laughs> a, a stop watch is right twice a day. Yeah. Then, speaking of getting involved in private industry. Yep. Uh, we've a got new- a house bill. Yeah. Uh, new bill could require Georgia businesses to accept cash and give change. Require. Uh, lawmakers say cashless businesses are discriminatory. Uh, uh. Look, uh, first of all, okay, th- this bill would, would require businesses with more than one employee, more than a sole proprietor, uh, to accept cash unless if, if they're in person, unless everything is 100% online or it's an order or something like that. To accept cash and give change, if unable to give exact correct amount of change, change. Yeah. exact change, if unable, must issue store credit. And if, yeah, if they can't, like if they don't have that option and they don't have exact change, they have to round up. And I mean, first of all, if we're talking about like super local businesses like mom and pop or in the community, there are plenty of times when they don't want to count the pennies and they're like, here's a nickel. Like they don't. That is already that kind of stuff already happens at the small. Even a quick trip. Yeah, sometimes. Even a quick trip. The uh, the I, I once asked them how they balanced it a day because everybody's running out of each other's drawers, and mm-hmm. if it's if if it's like three pennies, they're like, no, that's here's your dollar back. Right. Uh, look, I think the cashless thing is stupid. Uh, if someone wants to buy an AC system from me and pay cash, I'm more than happy to take it and not pay. Uh, the credit card company a fee, right. more than happy to take it. I, I think I we talked about it. We were at Chops, and I, I left money on the table. You know, I went enough for the tip and everything else. Got to leave, and the manager comes running after me. This is you know during the pandemic, uh, which was only cured oddly enough by killing of Ukrainians. Um, they come running after me. We're cashless. We're cashless. That's what are you talking about? I, I don't need change. Everything you know, the, the waiter can have the change. I, I don't need anything. No, we're cashless. Like, and, I, and I'm, I'm telling you, you lost your mind. Yeah. First of all, the waiter has to pay taxes on everything that that comes in the register or goes through the uh, goes through the credit card machine. If I leave cash, he can report whatever he wants, and that's on him on on how honest he wants to be with the IRS. Uh, secondly, why would you want to pay that three percent? Plus, the waiter loses three percent on his on his tip mm-hmm. too. What? Why would Why would you want to punish your waiter? Why would you want to pay more uh, to not take cash? Well, it's because of the pandemic. What, what are you talking about? You're going to hand the same pen and same and same credit card wallet to everybody, and you're going to tell me cash is dirty? They don't care. They probably got a fortune from PPP and EIDL and. Right. Well, I don't know if Buckhead Life Group is too big for for some of the PPP. I don't know. Uh, but they say technology is moving too fast for the 6.5% of American households, 8.4 million who do not have a bank account. Yep. 
This is apparently impacting the 17% of African Americans and 14% of Hispanic households who don't have bank accounts, which is tremendously higher than the 3% of white households that don't have bank accounts, according to the FDIC. So they're going to fine people, fine businesses, if they can't provide exact change. Yeah, I think the fine is $10 per instance. I don't care if it's a cent. I know, I know, I, I know. Well, what happens is you, you get, their idea is to get this in, and then they can they can start working on increasing those fines. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that was my point of saying it's $10, is this is how they sneak, this is exactly what they do with the hands-free bill, is they got it in with a minimal fine, and now they're like, well, we need to start increasing that. Now it's just a matter of procedure to keep to keep increasing it. Uh. Look, I, I I get I get super annoyed with with cashless because I like cash. Uh, I went to went to uh, the Fox to see Ron White a few weeks ago or a month ago, whatever it was. And Fox is cashless, but you can go to the front and buy a gift card to go and use at your at the concessions for a glass of wine or whatever. You can go and pay them cash for the gift card and then go use it, but you mm-hmm. can't use cash. At the register to buy uh, to buy whatever you want to you know your coke or beer or glass of wine to sit and watch the show. Whatever. I know it's stupid. I mean, you don't need a law for everything stupid. No, and this is sponsored by five Democrats and and freaking and then Robert Dickey, who is who he identifies as a Republican and he's chairman of the House Ag and Consumer Affairs Committee. Um, but I don't. Yeah, really... I, I identify as a six four jet pilot. Yeah. I don't quite understand his angle here. I think it's a, you know, but it, God, I mean, and and it wouldn't apply to events that are expected to bring in more than 500 people because apparently then it would become burdensome. Yeah, so it's not going to apply to a music midtown or, or uh Verizon Wireless Amphitheater uh, out in out in Milton, or uh, or probably the Fox would apply to them because you know most I think they seat more than five hundred people. Would have, wouldn't apply to going to the Braves game. Thank God baseball is coming back. Uh, so I I I, I don't, this bill is not going to pass. A, a put it throwing one uh, Republican name only on a bill does not make it bipartisan. I don't see it go anywhere. It was introduced late. Uh, uh, crossover day uh, is as this drops tomorrow. It is the fifteenth of March, and this thing hasn't even made it through committee. It, it unless they tried to cram it into another uh, vehicle bill, which I don't see happening. This is going nowhere. This is pandering. This is so that they can go back to their districts uh, and say, "Look what I'm doing for you." Uh, to show you what a great idea this is. Uh, New York and New Jersey have previously banned cashless businesses. So that's the example we're following. Or they are following, not us. I don't think the states, I don't think it's going to pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, it, yeah, but we, we, when you're, you kind of have to look around and say, show me your friends, I'll show, show you what you are. And uh, if you if you people doing the same thing are New York and New Jersey, just throw a California in there too, because that that'd be great. That that's exactly the people we want to run with. So Jessica, as time is starting to get close, what do you got for your closing thought? 
Jeff Mullis, the senator from Northwest Georgia, is not running again. Um, he ushered in his little, like, protege that he wants to replace him and then um, to qualify. And then Colton Moore, who was a state representative in the district and ran against Mullis, but kind of was, like, squandered by the whole legislative um session going on and on and on during the pandemic when they couldn't raise money and he couldn't really campaign because the pandemic blah 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 he's running um but obviously like i want colton to win because i i know him and i know he's principled and i i support the values that he wants to bring to the legislature but more importantly the tyranny of Senator Mullis is coming to an end. The guy who would walk into Senate committee hearings and play music and joke that people had to kiss his ring and who who would, like, parade himself around as if he was um, Me. A, a celebrity. And the guy who introduced, you know, two-party consent as a defense for Casey Cagle having his real true colors come out during the election cycle. He introduced that bill. Um, he's the one who pushed the bill to say that um, defendants, even if they want to appear in court, shouldn't be allowed to. They have to like go by video conference from the jail because it's easier for us, Like even though these are people who are presumed innocent and have constitutional rights. Um, you know, he's the one that wanted to ban lying and make it illegal to lie if you testified before the Georgia legislature, even though, um, I don't know, he spent most of his career lying to us. Um, you know, he is just a terrible representative. He is, His entire career has been plagued with kickbacks and special interests. He, he's the one that um, pushed for a 346% pay raise for himself. Um yeah. He's just freaking awful. Um but he's not running again and I think that's a beautiful beautiful thing and I just pray to God he doesn't ever do anything that has to like I hope he goes and lives in the woods somewhere. <laughs> Perfect. Mm-hmm. I want to say happy St. Patrick's Day. Uh yeah. it is this week. <clears throat> I'll be boiling a Corned beef and a, a mixture of half Guinness, half water for a good portion of the day. And then add uh, fingerling potatoes and cabbage to, to really get, get my Irish on. I will not go out because it is one more amateur night and drunks will be on the road. But Jessica, if you have to go back into court to observe, remember to wear something green. Mm-hmm. Because you don't want anybody over in Guyton pinching you. If they touch me, I'll <laughs> flail about, let me tell you. <laughs> so, for Jessica Slodgy, my partner in this endeavor, for Eric Cumby, our editor who takes the audio mess we send him and turns it to something you can listen to, I'm Dave Roberts. Have a great week. Catch me howling at the moon